Hi, this is Kevin Calabro. You're watching and listening to On the Board Sports Podcast. You can put it on the board. Yes. And welcome back to another edition of the On the Board Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will Trucci, K. We'll see coming to you from Long Island, New York. And like always, with every episode that I do, I'm always joined by my co-host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shawnee on the mic, who is west of me in Queens, New York. Sean, how are you making out today, buddy? Cold, shoveling the whole nine yards, but I'm making out good, man. How are you doing east of me, pal? Doing good. Can't complain, you know. Basketball season starts up next week. Can't wait for that. We talked about our NBA preview. Football, obviously, my Jets are bad. We know that. Your Titans are doing good. And the Giants right now are teetering on disaster right now. But we'll see what happens there. But we also have two very special guests. Joining us is the one and only Kenny Connolly and Jaleel Lewis of Real Leal TV. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on really appreciate it and how are you guys making out today yeah i'm doing good man i'm it's a pleasure to be on this show today and talking sports with you guys um expect a very passionate real little today pleasure to be back be back on or be on for the first time but pleasure to be back talking to you my man thank you appreciate it of course as always and gentlemen let's get right into it right now how did you guys start up real leal tv let's talk with leal first how did you start up your own channel um when i started up my own channel it was something that when i was in college my fresh my so my freshman year there we go time be flying i'll be mixing it up but my freshman <laughs> year um i was in class and i had a sports class um it was sports management class but we ended up talking about sports topics every day and that was up my alleyway because i always had a lot to say and I had people in my class like, yo, you know, you could be the next Stephen A. Smith, man. You need to start a YouTube channel. And I never really thought about it until um, I decided that this was the field that I wanted to be in. I ended up transferring schools where I met Kenny C. And we started up in the huddle. And from there on, I finally made that YouTube channel. And we striving each day to build on it and build a platform for audiences that love sports. How did you guys meet up? So Leal and I, we, I transferred into Cortland my sophomore year and I went to a two-year school like way upstate the first year. And that's where I really started out with radio. I was on this kid's show. I had never done it before, so I was nervous, but I got used to it quickly and it was a sports show. I transferred sophomore year thinking I wanted to switch my major. And long behold, I switched back to my original major that I was as a freshman. And then, then comes junior year and I met Leal in the radio club at our college. Leo was the vice president at the time, and we both had our own show, our own solo show. Leo listened to my show one time, and he, and he came to talk to me. He's like, hey, man, you know, like, you sound really good. You know, I like what you're doing. Why don't we join forces and start up a show? And the rest is history. We've been doing it ever since. Now, Kenny, see, you know, Danville, well, that's the other way around. You came up to me, brother. And what are you, you talking about? You want to team up. <laughs> you say you want to team up. I did not up. say a word to you. I ain't Kevin Durant over here, um, Kenny C. I didn't say a word to you, bro. I ain't just go to you the Warriors. You came up to me and said, and said, Kenny C, I listened to your show a couple of times. 
do you want to start a show together? You were the one that proposed the idea, let's start a show. And then I right. was on board with it. I was on board like the onboard pod, pod sports podcast. I like that. I like that, Kenny. I like that already. I like Kenny. But bottom line, we both um took a, a long way to get to where we were. Exactly. We both transferred schools and we both did two years of radio before we even connected. So um it's just weird how the universe works. Mm-hmm. That's almost a similar situation with us, Sean. We met at Nassau Community yeah. College and yeah. you know, we did we were on morning sports live at Nassau Community College and it was Tuesdays from what eleven to noon or ten to eleven in the mornings. Yeah. Back in twenty eleven, I wanna say we met up and it was a while great. Ago, yeah. yeah, it was back in twenty ten, going into twenty eleven, nine years ago, basically talking about sports nice. and yeah, it we've had the friendship. I got called for my apprenticeship for electrical back in twenty twelve and we kind of split our ways afterward, but we still mm-hmm. kept close tabs with each other on social media and then one day Sean posted on his social media accounts that he wanted to get back in the radio. And I was the only one to message him back saying, Hey, you know, why don't we do something in the field of podcasting and see what happens. And lo and behold, two years later, here we are talking about sports and, you know, almost in that similar situation with you guys. So the best of luck with you guys going forward with your show here on out and make no mistake about it. You know, if you have questions for us, like I said, we're always here, and we'll we'll try and answer them the best that we can. Awesome. Yep, definitely. Not only that, guys. Um, if you guys need a plug with any guests, me and Will have interviewed a lot of great guests. So if you guys want to get a guest or two on, ask me, ask Will. I'll oh, plug nice. them to you. Plug you guys to them, and make it happen, Captain. <laughs> you, That'd be awesome. Do you have like a Do you have like a trait where you read minds? Because you know, me and Kenny C <laughs> been looking for a guest. You know, it's so hard with everybody's schedules, obviously the pandemic, and we've been trying to get guys on. We even put out a quota this week that, yo, let's reach out to three people at once, you know, each of mm-hmm. us. So I think, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. You just read our mind. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, after the show, um, I'll get you guys um, Instagrams and stuff like that. And, I could, and man, I, I could send you out a laundry list. That'd be awesome. Definitely, That'd man. be awesome. Definitely, man. Absolutely. Moving on from how we got started to where we are right now. The NBA season is dawning upon us. It starts up on Tuesday, double letter, TNT. You got the Warriors, the Nets, the Lakers, the Clippers going at it. And Sean is a rabid Nets fan. I am a Lakers fan, albeit I wasn't really celebrating that Lakers championship that much, but they still want it. It doesn't matter what's going on. The bottom line here is is that this is going to be an NBA season that everybody's going to remember. And, guys, let's start off with Leo here. What's your takeaway from this offseason? And what is your prospectus looking forward on this 2021 NBA season coming up, brother? Well, um, I would say, you know, during the offseason, there was – um, a lot of movement, you could say, in the NBA, as it is every year in the NBA. It's a lot of movement compared to um, other sports. And looking forward to this season, man, um, I have a couple questions. Uh, one of my main questions that I have is dealing with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, the Brooklyn Nets are the most interesting team in all of sports. 
I mean, I just don't know how it's going to pan out. It could pan out either two ways. They can win a championship with the talent that they, that they have on a roster, or they can fall short of expectations. So, you know, Kyrie Irving has some interesting comments. I, I'm a big fan of Kyrie Irving, the player. Um, going to Kyrie Irving games, I will probably not pick another NBA player to watch over Kyrie Irving, simply because he's just like a magician on the court with his handles, very skillful. But I do have my questions about him with his thoughts and what he says. You know, we don't always have to agree with what we think, but what comes out your mouth, you know, you have to kind of watch that a little bit. So I'm, I'm trying to watch how he moves with his teammates. And if they do, if they gel off the court and on the court, then that's goes, it's going to be an interesting team to watch for sure. And I'm actually just going to piggyback right off that, Leo, because I think there's nothing more uh, entertaining than seeing how that whole Brooklyn situation is going to play out with KD and Kyrie finally coming back. KD looking healthy. I saw him taking some shots the other day on Instagram. I'm very excited for that. And I honestly think that that could be a top five team in the East if they could gel together. Another thing that interested me is the whole Harden situation in Houston and him wanting out and then them trading away Westbrook for John Wall. So I'm interested to see how Harden and Wall play together and, you know, the locker room situation with Harden and, and cause obviously he wants to leave, but now it's looking like he's saying, all right, I'm, I'm fine with staying I, It's a whole big thing. And I'm just interested to see how that pans out. One of the things that I'm looking forward to guys are the Clippers. They were up three games to one and everybody thought, Oh man, it's over, it's over, it's over. And mm -hmm. Denver stormed back and they won it. And Paul George signs the max deal and our surge of hacker. Mm -hmm. He goes from Toronto and now he's there now. I want to see Kawhi, Paul George, Serge. Also, let's not forget the Clippers got a brand new coach, Iron Lou. He's there now. So, well, I'm well, guys. I'm very interested in seeing the Clippers this year because they're a very talented team. But can they recover from being up three-one and losing? We shall see. One team that I'm looking forward to watching, and this is going to be an interesting storyline, and I've talked about this in our NBA preview, Sean, is the fact that the Phoenix Suns, they got Chris Paul, they got Monty Williams. It's basically a resurgence of the 2011 New Orleans Hornets and how they almost gave the Lakers back in that year a run for their money. And to have that almost the same core of talent there, I think that's going to be pretty amazing. The only difference here is they actually have a guy that can shoot the rock and score in Devin Booker. That Hornets team didn't have that. They were really reliant on Chris Paul, the pick and roll with Tyson Chandler uh, at that point in time. But, uh, yeah, this is definitely going to be one of those teams that's definitely going to be interesting for sure. And I think they're going to be a big sleeper going into this 21 uh, NBA season. No doubt, Dale. And, and, and what I – I think something else too, guys, is the contracts. Uh, uh, Giannis, he's staying now oh, for yeah. the Max. Anthony uh, uh, Davis, he's staying with the Max. Mm -hmm. Paul George, he's staying uh, with. So, I mean, a lot of cash was given out this off mm -hmm. uh, season. From a basketball fan standpoint, though, I want to see Zion Williamson play 35 minutes per game. 
I don't want him to play 25 and sit, 20 and sit. I want to see a full game load from him because I think he's a double-double machine, and I can't wait to see how he does in year number two, guys. Yeah, load management is something that I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, and I think it kind of messes up the chemistry with the teammates because, yeah, obviously a teammate is not going to go out and say, why he's resting every week to the public. He's not going to say that, but he may feel it. You know, and I think that happened with the Clippers and some reports got out with the Clippers that when Kawhi Leonard was low managing, when he was fully healthy, the brother could have run 10 laps with Usain Bolt. Um, you know, the, the word came out that why is he resting? Why is he on the court? Why is he not right. playing? So that messed up with the chemistry a lot. And that was actually a scenario where it hurt a team and cost them from winning the championship, in my opinion, because the camaraderie was not there with the teammates. So I think they need to let um, Zion loose. I right, let Zion loose. Let him go play ball. Yes. Let him do what yes. he's capable of. Yes. Kenny. Yeah. Um. I agree. I definitely want to see more from Zion, and I think he's a beast when he's on the court and with ball. I think they got a good thing going. Ingram had a great season last year, so I want to see more from that from that Pelicans team for sure, and more from Zion other than just breaking his shoes, <laughs> coming out of his shoes like he did at Duke. You talk about Zion, you talk about everything going on over there in New Orleans. Stan Van Gundy definitely is going to let this kid rock. He's going to let him play. I think he knows a thing or two from his magic days, how to go out there and coach up a winner, and basically with his Detroit teams too, a little bit here and there. Uh, but make no mistake about it, Kenny, you brought up a good point. Lonzo Ball, you know, the young kids from L.A., Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, they're going to be going into year two now of this program, and with the aforementioned Stan Van Gundy being there, I think this is going to be a big test in the Western Conference to see what happens. All right, so we talked about storylines here. Let's talk about the overall, let's get our crystal balls out here mm-hmm. and let's see. We'll start off with, with Kenny. All we'll right. start off with Kenny here. Who do you have coming out of both the East and the Western Conference to meet up in the 2021 NBA Finals? Oh, man. The West, I I don't know, man. I don't think from what I saw last season, even though it was a shortened season and then into the playoffs, Will, I'm sure you're going to like this answer but or this response, but who the hell is going to stop Anthony Davis and LeBron James? I don't know if the Clippers can do it. Can they do it? I mean, they they choked to the Nuggets, and they weren't even able to, to get to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think anyone stops the Lakers and LeBron. I think he's just on a mission right now to keep collecting rings. I think the Lakers come out of the West. And in terms of the East, I think the Celtics can do it. Campbell okay. Walker is a beast. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, they have a really solid starting five. Smart off the bench. I think they could do it as well. I think it's going to be Boston and L.A. And L.A. wins, wins a real chip. Because I don't. would you guys consider Disneyland chip the real chip? <laughs> I don't know. They won it. They played it in a unique scenario. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're the only ones to do it thus far, them and the Lightning. So we'll yeah. see what happens there uh, come, come June. Well, July, really. So Kenny has Lakers and Celtics. You, do you have Lakers in, in how many ever games? In six? Lakers in six. Okay, Lakers in six from Kenny. Let's go to Leo here. Leo, who do you have? in the 2021 NBA Finals? Uh, I just want to say quickly to Kenny C's defense about, you know, the notion of the, the valid, 
the validation of that championship. Mm -hmm. um, it's two ways you could look at it. I think there's um, arguments that could be made on each side. One, you could say it was hard because you was away from your family, and obviously we was in a pandemic. A lot of racial stuff was going on in the world, and a lot of these guys had one foot in and one foot out, and I think that could be a reverse cycle because some guys had their mind on playing basketball. The other guys had their mind on social justice, so I think it got to a point where some guys – had they bag made up already, ready to get the hell up out of there, you know? And it showed in some games, you know, you could tell mm -hmm. they had their bag made up. So I think, you know, you could look at it from two different ways. But coming into this season, um, if I had to go Lil Shadamish mode here, I'm going to say the Lakers is going to come out the Western Conference okay. with the Clippers being a slight dark horse because I do like what the Clippers did with, you know, getting rid of some of that bench because now you can have more chemistry now. Now you don't have too many guys, you know, trying to jack up shots. You could, you know, drain the, drain the, you know, the bench, drain the bench and, and get some and get, allow Paul George and Ka Kawhi to do their thing. But I'm going to go with the Lakers simply because they had that championship experience. They had that championship pedigree already. They got better. You know, it's not like they got worse. They actually got better. They acted like they didn't win the chip by getting guys like Montrez Harrow and Dennis Trudeau, the, you know, be that point guard who was a very capable point guard that would give you valuable minutes. I like the Lakers in the Western Conference. And if you look at the East, um, I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference. Oh, I just think that um, I, I can't – I got to see it to believe it with Giannis in the playoffs. You know, I got to see it to believe it because mm -hmm. we all know he's a regular season beast. Um, he going to put up – he going to win a lot of MVPs. Hell, he might win it again this year. But during the playoffs last year, I didn't like what I seen from Giannis. He went MIA, so I'm surprised he didn't go to Miami. But he stayed, and he signed that Supermax deal. And, you know, I just don't know. I just don't – I can't see it. But Ka Ka Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, I know, or Clutch. I know they built for those moments. I seen Kawhi – I mean, Ka Kyrie Irving hit that shot. I don't know why I'm saying Kawhi. I seen Kyrie Irving hit that shot in the finals before. I seen Kevin Durant hit that shot in the finals before. So if you – end up in a situation or a scenario where it's the Nets versus the Bucks. I like my chances with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Sean? And, yes. and I got Lakers winning it. Okay. Entirely. Yeah, fellas, I'm the, I'm the same thing. Lakers uh, in the West. I think the Clippers will challenge them, but I think Portland too. Um, Portland, they made some moves and Dame Tom proved how great he is. Like, the guy could put up from 40 now. I mean, like, just <laughs> making shots. You know what I'm saying? So, I think the Clippers and or Portland will challenge them. I don't think it's going to be as easy for them to come out of the West. But at the end of the day, I think they will. So, I have the Lakers in the West. And, Leo, I agree with you. I think a lot of people either forget or they don't understand. The Nets are adding KD and Kyrie to a team that made the playoffs without them. They were the seventh mm. seed with, uh, without them. So you add Kyrie, a top 10, 15 guy. You add KD, who's a top five guy, when he's right. To me, that has to put you in top two in the East, top three in the East. The only two teams in the East I could see giving them a threat is probably the Celtics because they defend so well. Mm -hmm. And I really like the fact that Doc is now in uh, Philly, and I think Doc is going to get the most 
out of Joel Embiid and Ben um, um, uh, uh, Simmons and the moves that they did, uh, Seth Curry, uh, Danny Green as well. I like that team. I think those two teams can give the Nets a run. Leo, I agree with you a million percent. I got to see it to believe it with the Bucks. I just have to see it. They were up against uh, Toronto, lost. Everybody thought they were going to beat the Heat, and they lost. So I got to see it uh, with those guys, pal. Yeah, for me, I think coming out of the East, I like Milwaukee a lot. I think they're deep at two at every position, just about going too deep. I know Giannis, Leal, you said it. He's a great regular season performer, but he's got to go out there and prove it. I think with the contract situation now that's over and done with right now, I think that's one less storyline and one less headache for him to go out there and, and talk about. And plus, too, they got the guy in Drew Holiday, who's a solid veteran presence there. And to have another solid veteran presence in, in uh, you know, Chris Middleton, lifelong buck, uh, you have Brooks Lopez, uh, Brooke Lopez, excuse me, going out there, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, other guys like that. So they could go out there and play too deep at every position. And not only that, but they could go out there, they could shoot the three ball, they could go out there, they could play defense a little bit here and there. And I, I like them out of the East. I think, like I said, with, with everything going on, this is something that that contract is something that's off of Giannis's mind. And he could go out there and he can dominate. If he has the right, the right talent on the court, I think it can work out. Basketball is all about that being a team game. And if they could go out there, if Giannis can go out there and defer the ball to his shooters and they can make those shots come postseason time, like the great Laker teams have, like the great Spurs teams have, like even the great Heat teams have as well. And even, you know, you want to throw in that Dallas Mavericks team in 2011. I think the, the Milwaukee Bucks can go out there and make it to the NBA Finals out of the East. Now, out of the West, this is going to shock a lot of people. And as a Laker fan, I know people are going to talk about LeBron. They're the favorites with AD coming out. And Portland and the Clippers and Denver and Utah and such. One team that's going to really, I think, send shockwaves here, and I think that might win the West. It's going to shock a lot of people. I think the Phoenix Suns are going to come out of the West. And I really, I really like the Phoenix Suns coming out of the West simply because of the fact that, you know, yeah, it's definitely eye-opening for sure. But again, Monty Williams, Chris Paul, they've worked together before and they have shown success. Now it's the decade ago, but they have shown success. And Chris Paul can make teammates around him better. Devin Booker is a guy that's going to be an MVP candidate. He's going to go out there, shoot the rock. The problem is, is he going to go out there and make people better around him? Will he go out there and do that? I think so. DeAndre Ayton going into his second, third year, you know, talk about the PEDs all you want. I think he's due for a breakout season. And with everything going on, Jay Crowder can go out there, be that 3 and D type of guy. And with everything going on, they, they could, if they could get one more player, if they could get one more player, I think this team can be really, really dangerous. But I like Phoenix coming out of the West. And give me the Bucks in six games. Wow, that's shot. That's I like that hot takes. I like that. Yep, blazing that's, that's hot take. 
I, I, I really think Devin Booker is an MVP candidate this year. I do. He was. He could have been MVP of the bubble. You know, him and Dame was going at it for that. So yeah. maybe that trans, transfers into the regular season this year. We'll, we'll see what happens with our crystal balls, guys. Never know what might happen. You know? Yes, sir. So we went from talking about the NBA. Give us – how about this? Let's talk about MVP candidates right now, okay, and Rookie of the Year candidates. Who do you guys have as your MVP and Rookie of the Year candidates? Let's start off with Sean. Rookie of the year, I mean, I think Ball, because I think he's going to play the most. I think the coaching staff is just going to let him just, you know, just, you know, take the reins. Maybe not from the first game, but maybe like maybe halfway through the year. I think the coach is just going to let Ball just do what he has to do. So I think him, he should have been the first um, uh, uh, overall pick. But, hey, we shall see uh, what happens there. My MVP, this may shock a lot of uh, people, everybody's going to see LeBron and Giannis or KD. I'm going with Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler. Wow. When the MVP, he should have been the MVP when they played during the whole uh, summertime. The man put the, the, I mean, the man put the heat on his back. So I got LaMelo Ball winning the rookie of the year and Jimmy Butler in a surprise MVP pick. Wow. Um, nice. I like the LaMelo pick. I actually do. I actually like the LaMelo pick simply because I think he, he's already showing flashes in these preseason games. He's a very good passer. And I think what attracts the public eye is, you know, speed and just being able to be creative. You know, everybody has a fascination with creativity. And I think LaMelo being able, his court vision, you know, just uh, it's almost like you're watching the Harlem Globetrotters with him in a way. And I think that's, that's the reason why he's going to get it. You know, I don't know how good this um, the Charlotte is going to be, but it's not like the MVP where you have to have the best record or two in the league in order to get that award. So I like LaMelo. Um, I agree with Sean there. Um, with MVP, wow, that's tough because there's a lot of guys, man. It's the NBA, so many talents out there. But um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Luka. I'm going to go with Luka Dantage. I think this is, his, this is his year. You know, with KP not being there for, you know, the beginning of the year, it only gives him a, a pad to dominate even more. He's a triple-double machine. He's a very good passer. The floor is going to open up for other guys. He makes his guys better, and he could get his buckets, you know. So I'm going to go with Luka Dantage for MVP. Kenny? For Rookie of the Year, I like your pick of LaMelo Ball simply because he's going to most likely get the most playing time out of all the rookies given how bad the Hornets are. And he is – he, I think he lives up to his name. He is a baller. So I'm definitely looking forward to watching him. And he's my rookie of the year. For MVP, I mean, it sounds very redundant, but I think it's Giannis, man. He's The past two seasons, he's been the best regular season player out there. He plays hard every single game. He dominates on the floor. He's been the MVP the past two years, and he think I think he makes it three straight. Okay, so Giannis and LaMelo Ball, it's a consensus here with the LaMelo Ball here for Rookie of the Year. He mm -hmm. went up against grown men in probably the second-best league in the NBL. We had on Homicide Williams on our podcast talking about him and raving about him and how he can go out there and absolutely kill anybody just going out there and making people pay uh, with the ball. So he could definitely be that guy. And not only that, too, but in – Charlotte, he's got, like you guys said, he's going to have the most playing time. And not only that, too, but 
And you got guys down there that are going to be really some solid veteran presence. One in particular is Gordon Hayward. And maybe you have another guy there in Terry Rozier who basically knows a thing or two about trying to go out there and try and work hard. So I think those training camps are definitely going to be that. And the aforementioned Devin Booker is my MVP choice uh, going into it. I really like what this kid's going to do. I know Chris Paul is up there in age. and I know he could go out there and change a franchise's fortunes around. We've seen it in numerous times with the franchises that he's played with. But, hey, maybe some of that rubs off on Devin Booker. Maybe some of that, you know, going out there and trying to pick the man's brain can go out there and do it. The guy's a sharpshooter. He could go out there and if, if he's getting – double teamed or such, or if he's got to defer it, he can, he can, he could definitely drive. He definitely has to handle somewhat underratedly. He could go out there and defend somewhat. And with that said, he could definitely go out there and make people better around. Him. So I like Devin Booker a lot here in this situation, especially with Monty Williams there as head coach. So Devin Booker and the consensus choice here for rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball. All right, guys, moving on now from the NBA to the NFL. Week 15 is in place. Boy, let's start off with New York football teams right now because they are in absolute – they're in shambles right now at this point. The Giants, Daniel Jones, not looking too good. The Jets, on the other hand, we know they're going to go 0-16. Let's just not even, not even give them a win at this point because their schedule is just about bad. Uh, but make no mistake about it, they still got to play the games for a reason. Let's start off here with the New York football teams with Sean. Sean, with everything in place right now, you know, with the Giants. And we'll start off with the Giants here. Daniel Jones hurt. You're going to see Colt McCoy going into the game. The running situation with Alfred Morris. They've been playing a run-style football the past couple of weeks prior to them losing to Arizona. Uh Sean, give us your take on the New York football giants right now. What can they do to try and salvage this season? Daniel Jones should have should have never played uh, Sunday. Colt McCoy went to uh, Seattle, a six-hour flight, and he beat the Seahawks in their home. How do you not start him at home the next week? I think that was the first wrong move that Joe Judge did. Now he hurts his foot, so now he's – questionable at best to play so we see what happens there um i don't think they're out of it yet and what we saw the ravens ran on the browns all night long they ran up and down the field up and down the field the giants offensive line pass a black and white they're not the best but to run block with will like you said alfred uh morris and wayne uh goldman i think they'll be able to run the ball not sure if they're going to be able to win the game but I think the good news is that the football team, they play uh, Seattle. So even if the Giants lose, I think the football team, they're going to lose as well. So they're, they'll kind of still be tied at, what, at what, like five and nine? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, but um, look, even though they're, what, five and eight now, or I'm saying um, they're still having – a season that people expected them to, you know, be maybe be at this point, but people didn't expect them to be a game out of the first place uh, spot. So I think it'll be a pretty good uh, Sunday night game, and we'll see what happens there. The Giants, and 
Well, a lot of people said that Dave uh, Gettleman has to go. He has to go. He has to go. A lot of his moves are looking pretty good. Everybody was saying Haskins, Haskins, Haskins. Haskins is looking like he's on the way out. So the fact that he took Daniel Jones over him, a thumbs up there. James Brad uh, Barry, the signing of him, two thumbs up there. So, I mean, some of the moves that he made are looking pretty, pretty good. So we shall see what happens there. But, and I'm, and I'm sure all three, of, uh, all three of you guys will agree with this. The Giants are in a way better spot than the Jets. Way better. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And James Bradbury is on the COVID list now. Yeah. So he got the COVID. So uh, not good looking, not good right there for that. Not looking, right, correct. So this we'll is what, see what happens. Leo? There's a response. Um, I want to respond to the ending of your statement, um, Sean, because yeah, bro. although I do agree 100%, I think it's obvious that the Jets right now is, I mean, the Giants right now is in a better spot than the New York Jets. Um, we have to remember that the Giants was able to get here because when they traded Odell Beckham, they was able to use those trade assets and make it work. Let's not forget the Jets traded Jamal Adams, got a, a haul for him. So if they're able to make smart decisions at the draft, draft with Trevor Lawrence and give, give him help, get the right coach, the Jets won't be too far from the Giants if, they, if all that can fall into place. So very, I think, you know, for Jets fans, there's hope there. But you just have to – they just have to make the right decisions. Patience. And know that, you know, not patience, exactly. Trust the process. Don't rush the process. You've got to trust the process. So <laughs> I think if they do that, they're going to be in position. And with the Giants, man, like you said, Daniel Jones should have been out there. You just had Colt McCoy go on the road and be the team that hadn't lost at home all year. I mean, Russell Wilson had the ball last. You thinking the brother's going to score. You right. had a great defense that was able to stop him, put him in check like Nike. And now, next week, you start you starting Daniel Jones. And I kind of knew this was going to happen because even when Daniel Jones had got injured in that game against the Bengals after the game was over, oh, the coach is like, I don't think it's that serious. He should be back. Was you watching the same game I was watching, brother? The brother couldn't do the electric slide. <laughs> I mean, like, literally. So, I don't know, man. But – you know, other than that, the Giants is still in has a, a chance of competing for the division. Thank thankfully, because they are in the NFC East. Kenny? Yeah, I think this is a big game on Sunday for the Giants because Washington, like the Giants, has a great defense. Their defense as of late has played just as good as the Giants. And I think they could give Seattle a run for their money. I'm not showing Alex Smith is Alex Smith's status. I think that'll shake things up a bit but with the Giants I mean you look at that game Colt McCoy was definitely a game manager in that game against Seattle and the backfield came up huge in the second half in Wayne Goldman and Morris who scored I believe the rest of the touchdowns to give them that 17 to 5 lead and then the defense did its thing I do think Bradbury is a big loss especially if you're playing the Cleveland Browns with their receiving threats and Hooper and Jarvis Landry and Donovan Peoples-Jones and then you got to worry about the backfield. But all in all, Washington, that's why I say this week is big because if the Giants can get a win and Washington gets a loss, like Sean said, that's going to even it out. But if the latter happens then and the Giants lose this week and Washington comes away with a win, I don't think it's looking good because then Washington has a two-game lead and their, their schedule is pretty winnable from there. But, I mean, we are from New York, so I guess I want Big Blue to win that dismal division. <laughs> 
Well, let's see what happens with the Giants first and foremost, because the Giants right now, they are ranked 31st in offense total, offense in general. However, their defense is ranked 11th in the league. And, mm. you know, if, if the Giants can find a way to go out and play like they did against Seattle and have Colt McCoy be that game manager and have Alfred Morrison, you know, just run straight up the middle with the ball, trying to get some first downs here and there and rely on the defense. Joe Judge has done – a hell of a job being the coach of this New York football giant team. Make no mistake about it. But like everything, if you rely on your defense too much, they will get burnt out throughout the game. And Cleveland has on a roll the past couple of weeks going out there and winning some pretty, pretty big games. So mm-hmm. make no mistake about it. Baker Mayfield is definitely going to have himself a, f- a feast. But also, too, let's not forget here, if the Giants – if the Giants can somehow find a way to contain Baker in that spot with the offense being the way how it is, it's going to be a long, long, long day for the Giants if, if that's going to happen. Remember, too, uh, Jason Garrett, their offensive coordinator, yeah. was tested positive for COVID-19. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of things going on behind the scenes over at – MetLife Stadium at their practice facility. So Joe Judge has a lot of things going on behind closed doors. And, you know, this is it for Cleveland right here. That fan base has been waiting for a playoff situation since 2002. So make no mistake right now, uh, every Browns fan and I think every Browns player is smelling blood for those playoffs right now. So I like the Browns here in this situation. But again, for the Giants, in order for them, they got to just have Colt McCoy be a great game manager, and they have to run the football effectively. They have to have that balance. If they don't, they're in a huge world of trouble, and that defense is going to be left hanging out mm-hmm. there because if they rely on their defense, and I've seen this being a Jet fan, where the Jets' defense goes out week in and week out, and they play great, but the offense can't capitalize. Now you're relying on guys too much, and they get tired. That's what's going to happen here with the Giants in this situation. So I like the Browns. We'll save that for our picks when they come up. But, you know, the Giants, though, they got to see what happens there. And with the football team going up against Seattle this week, listen, I'm not impressed with Seattle. I had them as a Super Bowl favorite coming out of the NFC with Russell Wilson. Their defense is just absolutely atrocious, number one. Number two, with everything going on, Jamal Adams is a great player. We're not going to deny that about Jamal Adams. Mm -hmm. But with that said, you know, everybody around him, they cannot stop a nosebleed. They can't. And it shows right now in their their standings. I think they're ranked, what, 30th or 29th? I'm sure the numbers went up because they played up against the Jets last week. But make no mistake about it, they're they're not that good of a defense. And if you rely on Russell Wilson a little bit too much and he finds a way to go out there and win football games, but if they rely on him too much, it's going to be a long day. Like I said, with the Giants, it's going to be the same opposite effect with the Seahawks as well with their offense. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with picks. But, you know, that, that's with the Giants right now. Let's talk about the Jets here. You know, 0-13, they went up against the aforementioned Seahawks. And they found a way to basically have a great first drive, but they couldn't capitalize on anything. They couldn't capitalize on anything throughout the game. 
it was basically the same thing week in and week out watching that game. Let's start off here with Leal. Uh, what's your takeaway from this Jets season, number one? And number two, does this team go 0-16? Yeah, um, the Jets is going 0-16. They're going to be that team. And, you know, I'm sorry to have to break the news down to you, to y'all Jets fans. And, well, I know you're a big Jets fan. I see it all on Instagram. Trust me, brother. <laughs> I'm watching. I know. And so, uh, you know, yep. I'm sorry, but they're going to own 16. I think so, but, too. Um, my thoughts on the Jets season is it's basically, you know, Trevor saved the day type of vibes throughout the whole year. You know, we're going to tank for Trevor. And I think that was more than evident. You know, obviously, you don't – I don't think you go into a game say we want to lose this game. But um, I think does. you do look ahead. You know, you tanking in your mind. Tanking in your mind starts in your brain when you're thinking about Trevor Lawrence. So I think to some degree they were tanking. Maybe not um, on the football field, but in their minds, they're looking ahead. You know, Adam Gates knows his days are numbered. Um, you know he's going to get the boot. And obviously, I just think that Sam Donald, you know, he's in a bit of a dilemma because even though I don't think Sam Donald is – on the same tier as these great young quarterbacks, I still think he, he could have been had he went into the best um, situation. And it's all about where you get drafted to is how your NFL career is going to be turned out. Some guys, they need to be in the right um, place so they can develop more quicker, if ever. And I think Sam Donald kind of was in a bad situation. Um, I still will go with Lawrence. I still will go with Lawrence. I would draft Trevor Lawrence simply because I do believe he's a franchise changer. But you can't draft him and not do nothing. You have to have the right head coach. You need to supply him with weapons. Otherwise, Trevor Lawrence is going to be messed up as well. So, you know, you just got to hope if you're a Jets fan. I think it's, it comes down to protection with, with whoever the next quarterback is, whether it be Sam or Trevor Lawrence or, you know, but we got to see what happens with the offensive line here. But, you know, it always comes down to it. Kenny? What's your take on the Jets so far this season? Oh, man. Will, we've talked about them at certain points throughout the season. I see your tweets. I feel for you, man. And I know your take on Darnold. You like him. You know, I like Not like. Him. Not like. I love him. I love him. Exactly. Like, I, I – honestly, I'm on board with you. I think he's he is a great player. He has potential to be a great quarterback. I just think the whole tox toxicity of the New York Jets in the sense that they have zero help around him – Gase is a horrible head coach. Williams got the boot for good reason. He's done. Right. Joe Douglas should be the only guy and most likely will be the only guy that's going to remain next season. As With that said. being said, you know, I don't think if, if Lawrence is this generational talent, like everyone's, you know, talking him up to be, and no, no doubt he's been great at Clemson. I think you got to go with him. Darnold, I'd like – to see him go to a team like the Steelers or the Colts, I think that's a solid fit for him there. And he could better showcase his talents. The Jets, man, like you said, big point that you made, Will, is that they have no O-line for him. I do like Becton, but outside of that, you know, McGovern, George Fant, like they have too, too much veteran talent there that's not skillful. Like they're not, they're not solid by any means. Not need. building blocks. Yeah. Exactly. And Bell did not pan out for them. Granted, they never really used him well. I do like LaMichael Perrin, but I do think they need some backfield help. They definitely need a number one star at wide receiver. I mean, Crowder has been Mr. Consistent, but outside of him, you need some more weapons for your quarterback. I mean, the list goes on, man. Edge rusher, they need some pressure to brush the quarterback. The secondary is young, but I do think they need some more help there. 
And like, like Lil said, they got some good stock with the Seattle trade, first rounders, third rounders. So this draft is huge for Joe Douglas and the head coach is huge. They got to go out there and find the right guy. There's a lot of candidates out there. One in particular that I think they should gun for if he doesn't re-sign with the Chiefs is Eric Bianimi. I think he's worked wonders with that offense and you need that type of offensive guru, especially if you're going to draft generational talent like Lawrence. I want to see them just get a grown man here to go out there. You need a CEO. Forget offensive mind. They need a you grown want like a man Bill here. If, forget Bill Coward here. Somebody that's going to be like almost a Ron Rivera, the uh, way how he is transformed. We haven't seen Bill Coward coach in nearly a decade. I, I'd like to see him here. Again, we got to see what's going on with him and his situation, but they need a grown man here without a shadow of a doubt. Sean, what – Week in and week out, we keep on talking about the Jets, but, you know, what, what's your takeaway of this 0-13 dumpster fire known as Gang Green? Well, we agree that they do need a CEO, quote-unquote, type of yep. guy. But, mm -hmm. well, before a coach becomes a CEO, he, he has an expertise on one side of the ball. So I think you become a CEO. I don't think you're already made as one. That's like true. Ron Ruh, uh, Ron, uh, Rivera, Riverboat Ron. Ron. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys. He's yeah. a he's a defensive guy, and as we've seen, the football team, the defense has been good outside of like maybe like two three games. Like the rest of the games, they've mm -hmm. been really really well. So, but yeah, I do think that they need that type of guy in terms of the team. I mean, I hated the Adam Gase move when the first took place. Uh, two years ago, you know, and I think, you know, it's come here now. And, you know, I think where the Jets went wrong, because to me, it's a shame, guys, that, that it's gotten this bad. But the Jets let Mike McCagnin draft a draft class, and then you fire the guy. That's right. That right there just shows that your franchise has not one clue what they're trying to do. Dysfunctional. Right dysfunctional at its peak at mm -hmm. its peak so i think right there i think that's where this o and 13 a possible well, not even uh possible at this point this o and 16 that that we're about to see i think it started right there because now you have a coach that has guys he did didn't want to draft and we saw from day one adam gates did not want bell from day one he uh he doesn't thing that you should pay backs and all this stuff, which is true because we've seen backs play well and they're making like one million or two million. They're not making these 13 or 14. But you clash with at the time the best player on the team. So I mean from that draft class and then you get rid of the guy and then you clash with Bell and he didn't even play one game yet. He didn't play not one game and you're there button heads. I think that's where it went. But I agree. If the Jets can draft well, it starts with obviously we know who. Trevor. If when they pick him first and they trade Sam, and that's a key thing too. Can they probably won't get a haul for Sam? But mm -hmm. if you could even get a second for Sam, now you're talking about two ones and two twos. That means you'd have four of the first uh, 64 picks. That is very, very good. And 
what I think they should do. Leo, um, tell me, tell me what you think uh, about this, bro. I don't think they should use all four of those picks. Let's say they get that pick. I think you take one or two of those picks and you trade them and you get guys that's playing well now. Julio Jones wants to leave in the worst way. You go out and you get Julio Jones. If it takes a first and a third, you go out and you get Trevor Julio um, Jones. I don't care that he's uh, uh, um, 31, uh, uh, 32, uh, uh, and he's hurt. You go out and you get him. Julio Jones and Mims, now now, now we're starting to build um, something here. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, don't use all the picks. Use most of them. Trade those picks for guys that want to leave where they're at or their team doesn't want to give them give them a big deal. And to me, you build the team like that and, and see where it goes. What you think, Will? Um, see, I, me personally, I think it could be done um, at the draft. I really do because, you know, when you take a team like the Dolphins of last year that was tanking for Tua, I mean, wow, it was last year taking for Tua. Now they about to make the playoffs last year. You know, they had the draft capital in the draft. They had the assets. And they just made the the best decisions for the team. And look, they about to make the playoffs now, you know. So um if they continue to win their game. So I I think with the Jets, man, they just need to get the help for Trevor Lawrence's uh, um offensive line protection, you know, continue building the core, the wide receiver position. I don't know if I would go with who of your Jones. I mean, the brother is getting there in age. I don't think he's as great as he once was. He's still a great receiver because he was just that talented. He's still top five. I just I just think they just need to um, continue looking at the draft and, and try to build that team from there. I really do. Because it can be done. You just got to be done smartly. What a lot of people, and I kind of knew you were going to uh, say that, bro. The Dolphins' schedule has been terrible. Yes, they're 8-4. and four. They've played nobody. Nobody outside of the Chiefs, and they got whooped. So, to me, yeah, they're eight and I mean, four. They were hurt. A lot of good guys was hurt. They were dropping like flies. Very, very game. true. Very, very true. Also, the Dolphins did a very good job in free in agency. They brought in guys. Um, um, Vanoid. Jones, Vanoid, Vanoid, yeah. And were right. So, to me, mm-hmm. I think you use the draft. But I also think that, look, there's going to be teams that want to rebuild. You find those teams and you say, okay, good. I'll take this guy for this third pick, this guy for this uh, fourth-round pick, this guy for this uh, second-round pick, and you do it like that. You want more veteran talent then for the Jets. A little bit more. And, right, and the only thing that I say that is because as quickly as this got bad, guys, 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 the Jets were just 7-9. and nine. The Jets were yeah. just seven to nine. So to me, as quickly as it got bad, it doesn't have to stay bad because they could quickly go to a eight and team, nine and seventeen. And the schedule next year, because they were so bad this year, the schedule next year is gonna be easy. It happens every year. Worst to first, worst to first, worst to first. So I think you add all those up. I'm not saying the Jets are gonna be the 2021. A Super Bowl champs, no. But to me, as quickly as it got bad, if you make the right moves, it could quickly get good, just like that. Because they were just seven and nine mm-hmm. last year, seven and, and nine. 
to counter that, though, they went up against the NFC East, number one, in some pretty <laughs> bad, pretty bad as well. Although they were, too, you, Sean, you mentioned the fact that you brought up the draft capital. The Jets haven't had a first-round pick on their team this year. I mean, think about it, right? Darren Lee, first-round draft pick, not here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calvin Pryor, first-round draft pick, not here. Leonard Williams got traded last season. He's gone. Uh, you know, was Dean Milliner? Dean Milliner and Sheldon Richardson yeah. in that 2013 NFL draft. Dean Milliner, oh, my God. Oh, oh. You, know, <laughs> you know, Jamal Adams, gone. Sam Darno is About on to his be way gone. out at this point in time. Muhammad Wilkerson on his way out. Uh, well, he was on his way out, but still. Well, the, the second pick is probably – well, the second pick probably will. But we all know that first pick ain't going nowhere. Right, I think but, we all know – that but much. still, right. But you'd still, have to have like a blockbuster deal correct. for them to even consider it. Right, right, right. Let's let's not let's not kid ourselves there with that. Yeah. But they had the Jets haven't had a successful first round draft pick in quite a long time. Somebody that was going to hit a home run and be that franchise changing, altering talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they haven't had that in a long time. That did so far so. I I agree. And same thing with Quinn and Williams. Quinn Williams, yes. Williams has been absolutely unbelievable. Man, yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but make no mistake about it. You mentioned too, Sean, and I'll leave it here like this. You know, we talked. you talked about trading for Julio Jones. What if they traded, you know, one of those, one of those three draft picks, right? We know number one, it's Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. But let's say if they did trade Sam Darno and that Seattle pick, or yeah. that second round pick, and they got back into the top 10 to a quarterback needy team. Now you could go out there and you could get yourself that edge rusher that they've mm. desperately needed since John Abraham. Now you could go out there and get a, an offensive lineman, maybe like a Cade Mays or somebody mm. like that that's coming out of the draft that could be that interior presence, somebody that could protect. You know, and everybody keeps on talking about the receiving options. I know, Sean, you mentioned julio jones but you know if you could go out there later on in the draft and find the receiver because that's how some of these great teams are they find their receivers later on in the draft look at the steelers year in and year out they find a way to go out there and find it because the steelers know what they're doing will and the jets don't i understand that that's a big big thing will (laughs) but they have but they have joe douglas here right now and that's the point that I make to you. Yeah, the Jets better know what they what they doing going they, forward. You can't I, I just go so. back on that. You know they right, have correct. to. I hope so. And, right. I, and that's a good point well, that you brought up. And and is that that you don't need to, you know, trade all your assets for or trade some of your assets for a wide receiver. You can find that in the draft. Look last year, so much great talent. I mean, the sixth, fifth wide receiver taken in the draft could be arguably the best one. I mean, look at Justin Jefferson. How many guys was taken ahead of him? So yeah. I think that you can find a wide receiver late um, if you need to, and you can add them onto the team. I, I just think you don't need um, a Julio right now. You don't need to give up what you're giving up for a Julio. I and, think. Then to, and then to, add, to end this here, you know, we talk about how bad the Jets' edge rushers have been. Jordan Jenkins went on the IL. They do not have anybody in that secondary outside of Marcus May. They oh, do yeah. not. And their cornerback situation is horrible. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear about Lamar Jackson next year. You know, Bryce Hall, he looks good, but he's mm-hmm. going to be like a, a slack guy at this point in time playing that physical style. Ashton Davis has his moments. 
for sure. But make no mistake, with that late first-round draft pick, if they don't trade it, it should be for a corner at that point in time. Maybe you get a Patrick Sertan Jr. Mm -hmm. Maybe you find somebody like that. Maybe you use the, the cap space that you have. Maybe you make a mega deal at Jalen Ramsey since he's out there at that point in time. Who knows mm -hmm. what's going to happen. But the bottom line is the Jets need more help on defense at this point in time than they do on offense because this Agreed. defense is bad, bad, mm -hmm. and they cannot stop a nosebleed. <laughs> you know, they can't. I think they'll find their way with the offense. I think they do. With the mm -hmm. quarterback here, with the receivers in place, and if they find the running back situation right with the tight ends, the tight ends need to wake up. But I'll leave that like that. The Jets need to draft with – with somewhat of their defense as well. Try and balance it out, and I trust Joe Douglas. We'll leave it like that for the Jets right there. Let's move on now to the national side of things, okay? What's your takeaway so far after this week 14 season? We'll start off with Leo. What's been your biggest takeaway after week 14? Wow. Um, you could go a lot. You could go a lot of ways with this. Biggest take. Can you see you want to take this if you got it in your mind? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, I'd say my biggest takeaway is that the Buffalo Bills are the second best team in the AFC. With the way they beat up on the Steelers, the Steelers' offense to me is – the wor word to describe it could be lackluster. It might even be worse than that. The amount of guys that drop balls. Big Ben's knee is hurt. He looked immobile. They haven't been using the backfield well. Their defense is really good, but – the Bills, they got it going on both sides of the ball. They got a top 10 offense. Josh Allen has immensely improved from last season. I think he's determined this season. They got really good receiver weapons and digs. I mean, that's arguably the best trade next to Hopkins in the offseason. He's been an absolute beast. Beasley, they're getting back John Brown. I think they got a really potent offense, and their defense is definitely middle of the road. They got some guys that can make plays in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, Tredavious White. So that's my biggest takeaway, man. The way they, they took care of business against the Steelers, I think they're the second best team in the AFC, and they could even give the Chiefs a run for their money. Yeah, I think um, to add on to Kenny C's point, um, I just think in general, like on a, on a broader scale, my biggest takeaway through 14 weeks is that a lot of these teams like the Browns and the Bills um, are teams that were dumpster fires that's going to make some noise in the playoffs. You know, simply because, like, these are teams that haven't made the playoffs in how long, and now the Browns is more than likely, well, they're going to make the playoffs. The Bills are going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I'm a big Bills guy um, as of late. Like, I'm not a Bills fan, but I do believe in Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen took strides, you know, um, improving in accuracy. And, and as I mentioned in the last – in the show that we recorded in the huddle, um, I said that accuracy is not something that you could just wake up one day and, and just have it, you know, that's not an easy trait to, you know, improve on instantly. And Josh Allen, all of a sudden one year, the brother just woke up and now he's accurate. So I, I, I like what they have. I like the talent they have offensively. I think, I think they can match, match up well with the chiefs blow for blow. And I, another point that I mentioned um, the chiefs, a lot of people thinking that you need to have a great, great defense to stop the chiefs. And I understand why you may think that way, but look, we saw it on the, with the 49ers. They had a great defense in the Super Bowl. All it took was one blink of an eye. Tyreek Hill's in the end zone. They celebrating. You need to score. You need to fight fire with fire. 
And the Raiders showed it. They had the firepower offensively. They should have won both games. Had they had the ball last in that second game, they would have won that game. And I think the Bills have the offense. And it's going to be a scenario with who has the ball last. Um, and I think the Bills have a great shot of making the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm even going that far. Okay. Wow. All right. Leo, coming with Buffalo in the Super Bowl, maybe. All right. Sean? Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, Leo. Nobody. <laughs> but um, but um, I think my, my biggest takeaway from this past week, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Nobody thought they were going to beat the uh, Saints. No, well, yeah, I, didn't, I don't know about I didn't, y'all, but didn't. right, but nobody thought that Jalen Hurts' first talk was going to beat the Saints, and he looked good. Leo, you make a great point, and I'm gonna go back to it to tie it into this. Josh and Allen, he's looked good, yes, but he is the true example of coaching. You could tell he's being coached the right way, and also the play calling for him—it's simple. It's not these post-corner, post-routes. It's these a play action, throw it, to the, throw it to the first guy you see, it's open. Quick boom, slants. Boom, quick slants, out routes. It's simple stuff. I don't know what the hell Carson Wentz was doing this whole time. Because Jalen Hurts, all his things were easy. The out route, the in route, the slant route, the fade route. Everything was just easy. And his legs. And he used his legs and stuff like that. So to me, to be able to beat the Saints, who had won nine straight, to be able to beat them at home, that was pretty, pretty good. So got to take it there. My second quick, quick point, guys, he's not going to win the MVP, but I think he's going to get MVP votes. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan of the team. Derrick Henry is a bad man. He is a bad man. To run for 215, he's almost at 1,600 yards. He's on pace for 2,000 and I think 24 yards, like he's on that pace. I mean, listen, I know they were playing Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's bad, I, and I understand that. But if you take Derrick Henry away from that team, the Titans, they're not 0-16 bad, but they're not that that far. They're like 2-14 bad because <laughs> he is that whole team. He is 98% of that team. So to me, that was the biggest take away here. Will? Um, Will, um, Will quickly here, and I don't mean to, to jump in here, but yeah. as this brother Sean was talking, it dawned on me. First of all, I just want to say, uh, behind Sean, he has the same bed head as my mother. And so I'm hearing my mother's <laughs> voice in my head telling me to think. And as he was talking, he had a good point about, um, you know, the coaching with, um, um, Josh Allen and, and how the, the play call is opening up. And I think that's the case for a lot of these teams out here. So my biggest takeaway is the coaching in the league right now. Sean McVay, Jared Goff, the, the playbook is opening up like the Harry Potter book for him. You know, check downs, play action. <laughs> same thing with Buffalo. Same thing with Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski. He's my coach of the year, but that's arguable. We can have a two-hour debate on who's coach of the year. You know, so I think the coaching in this league has been great, you know, outside of Bruce Arians um, in Tampa Bay with no, you know, motion in. You still got Andy Reid on the other side. He's still a um, quarterback guru. Sean Payton, look what he's doing with Hurts. Brian Flores, look what he did with that Dolphins team and how he got them playing. I think the coaching has been very great in the NFL. Absolutely. Can't skip out Joe Judge either. Joe Judge, Juan Rivera. 
My two, right, Ron Rivera too. Remember what Ron is, Kenny said before earlier. My two biggest takeaways from week 14, look, listen, Washington, the football team, we, you know, we alluded to Ron Rivera going out there. How about them going into San Francisco and getting that win and actually trying to go out there and make things happen after nobody, and I mean nobody, including us, on this podcast gave this team a chance with the exception of their defense. We kind of thought that their defense was going to be good. But not this good. Not like this. This fast. Chase Young. <laughs> you know, Chase Young, some of their first-round draft picks there as well, being on that defensive line. And, you know, with everything going on, you got the football team being 6-7 and seven right now. They're leading in the NFC East. You got the Chicago Bears. Nobody gave them a chance. We thought that the Texans might have been going out there and with Deshaun Watson trying to figure a way out, figure them to win. Uh-uh. Mitchell Trubisky and company, they found a way to go out there and win that game on, on, uh, on Sunday. So they found a way. And finally, how about the 9-4 Indianapolis Colts with Phillip Rivers going out there on a bad toe and all. And, you know, he looks like he, he's a gamer. We all know him as the gamer that he is. Remember back in 07 in that AFC Championship game, how he played on, you know, torn ACLs at that point in time, trying to go out there and win. I think that leadership's coming out. And you're seeing Frank Reich and company with the offense there in place. And their defense is somewhat underrated as well. But the Raiders last week and the past couple weeks, their defense is suspect. I don't see them making it into the playoffs at all. Not one bit. I think the Dolphins make it in over them. But that's just me. But those are my my takeaways. Well said, Will. Well said. All right, guys. Before we end the show, week 15 is about to start in 20 minutes. Uh, so, so let's get these picks in, guys. Um, we'll we'll start with you, Kenny, Leo, and then me. I mean, uh, we do the picks. I like all that, right? right? So, right. Will, how did the record go, by the way? How I didn't get a record? chance to check. I did. Right. Yeah, and then next week next I didn't week. have it up. Yeah. So we'll go, Will, Kenny, Leo, and then me. Starting with the Thursday night game, guys. Chargers travel about an hour east <laughs> to take <laughs> on the Las Vegas. Uh, Raiders guys. Will, who do you got? Uh, the Chargers or the Raiders? Wow, I'm gonna go with the Chargers here. I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Top 10 offense, top 10 defense. Their record speaks for itself, however. They've been in so many close games. The Raiders, on the other hand, their defense is atrocious, like I said before. Uh, Derek Carr is gonna be going out there trying to looking for guys. Uh, you know, I personally like the Chargers here in this situation, and for the Raiders, I think they shit the bed here this week. So, give me the Chargers. Yeah, I think I'm going to piggyback right off of Will. I think the Chargers, after a tough loss last week, I think they come back. Herbert looks determined. And the Raiders' defense, like you said from your takeaways, they've looked crazy suspect. And I think Herbert and Keenan Allen and company take advantage of that, and they do some damage. I do think the Oakland offense is going to – or the L.A. offense is going to stay in it, but ultimately have the Chargers coming away with it. Um, I'm going to go with the, the Las Vegas Raiders here, actually, at home. Look, they need this game. They know they need this game. And so I expect them to play with 100% effort on both sides of the ball. Yeah, we know their defense is not great at all, not even good. We know their offense can put up points. But I just think they need this game more, so they're going to show it on the football field tonight. Sean? I'm torn because I have – Herbert on my uh, fantasy team, and I got Big Ben. I'm trying to decide who to start. I 
But I agree. Even though the uh, Raiders have four uh, starters out, they do need the game more. And I think they will get it done at the end. So give me the Raiders at home. So, guys, we're moving on to – guys, we have games this week on Saturday. Saturday. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I forgot I'm about that. that. We definitely have two games. Let's start with the first one. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. They travel <laughs> west to take on the Broncos. Let's start with Will. Will, who do you have, Bills at Broncos? Let's keep this one short and sweet. Let's go Buffalo here. I think Den- I think this is going to be a closer game than many people expected. I know Denver, they went out there and they beat the Carolina Panthers last weekend. Nobody gave them a shot there. I think they're home. They find a way to go out there and keep this game close. But Josh Allen company and the legs of Josh Allen, they're going to shut down the outside weapons, but it's going to come down to his legs in the key spot. I like Josh Allen. I like the Bills here. Top 10 offense. Their defense isn't that great this year, but give me the Bills on the road. I'll keep the trend short and sweet. Bills Mafia is taking this win. They want that division. They want to win the division for the first time since 95 when Allen wasn't even born yet. And I think they go and they take care of business against Denver and keep the train roll or keep the wagons rolling, I should say. Yeah, I'm going to hop on the Bills train here. Um, I think that the Broncos, I agree with Will, the Broncos is going to try to make it competitive. I'm still trying to figure out what I think about Drew Locke. Is he a, a starting quarterback in the league that can get the, get his team to the playoffs or not? Um, some days he's, he shows me signs and some, thing, some games he shows me inconsistencies. So I'm going to go with the Bills here. I like Josh Allen. I think he's going to have a big day. Give me the Bills. Yeah, for the short and sweet. And here's the main a reason why I'm picking the Bills. If the Bills win, they clinch the AFC East. So I think go. that so I think that um will play a huge role. Give me the Bills on the road. The second Saturday game, a battle of the peas as the Panthers travel up north to take on that bad man, Aaron, <laughs> Mr. Rogers, and the Packers. Will Panthers at Packers, battle of the peas. Who you got, pal? Let's keep this one short and sweet here. Packers. <laughs> Yeah, Frozen Tundra. I'm actually a huge cheesehead. Rodgers keeps the MVP caliber season rolling, takes care of business. When you said that bad man, I saw Kenny C's face light up, boy. <laughs> he light up like a Christmas bad tree. Bad man. <laughs> Yo, he loves to hear it, but I'm agree. I'm agree with y'all here, man. I'm pretty sure Kenny C's going to like this. I got the Packers winning this game um, by two touchdowns. Guys, guys, I saw a stat. Rodgers has thrown like 35 scores and like two picks. That is crazy. Yeah. How do you he's... play 15 games and throw two? Like, like, <laughs> like, like, like that's crazy to me. That's he's crazy. a man on a mission. He definitely is, but I got the package here as well. All right, guys, moving on to Sunday, Battle of the AFC South. You got the Texans traveling to the to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Well, Texans at Colts. Who you got, pal? Indies won their three of their last four against Houston. Houston has the 18th ranked offense, but I like the Colts here in this situation. I think, you know, they, they're smelling blood. They want to keep in close contact here with the Tennessee Titans in that AFC South. Phillip Rivers is definitely, eh, you give the thumbs down, but that's the truth, man. That's the way I see it. So, and their defense is the top six unit here. The Colts are. Give me the Colts at home. Jonathan Taylor has been on an absolute tear the past two weeks. I have him in fantasy in the playoffs. 
So I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. I think the backfield of Indianapolis takes care of business against the Texans. I think that defense led by DeForest Buckner keeps Watson in check, and they come away with another rolling win. Wow. Um, I'm actually 50-50 on this game. I'm not even going to lie. And the reason why is not because I don't believe in the Colts hype. I actually do believe in the Colts hype, but I do think there are times – where the Colts will have a couple wins and then they will lose a game that you're like, huh, really, you lost that game? I don't know if you saw that trend at all this season, but I have. And I think that trend is a, another thing today in a divisional game, which is always going to be competitive. Let's keep in mind the Texans, the first time they played the Colts a couple weeks ago, they should have won that game. Um, there very was a true. miscommunication very, very on, the, on the snap. So I think Deshaun Watson is going to ball out. I really do. I'm, t I'm taking the Texans. All right, a little upset there from Leo. I'm going to go with the Colts for, for what Will said, trying to keep pace with my Tennessee Titans. Give me the Colts at home. Moving on, speaking of the Tennessee Titans, they are home as they take on Matthew Stafford, who may or may not play, and Detroit, Will, Lions at Titans. Who you got, pal? Titans have the third best total offense in the league. However, their defense, Sean, 26th. Not pretty. You know it. However, the Lions, you know, if Matthew Stafford had his guys, it would be something else. But I'm going to keep this one short and sweet here. I like the Titans. Yeah, I think A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, one of the most underrated duos in football, I think they take care of business against that lackluster Detroit secondary. And, you know, given if Matt Stafford's going to play or not, if he doesn't play, I don't see them getting it done. Even though Tennessee's defense is suspect, other side of the ball, uh, not only their receiving core, but like you mentioned, Sean, Derrick Henry, he's going to rumble. I could see him having a, upwards of 120 yards on the ground. Yeah, Derrick Henry's going to rumble in the jungle, man. That brother is something <laughs> special. Um, I don't know if y'all heard it. Well, y'all didn't hear it because I said it on, on the show that we recorded. Derrick Henry's my MVP, man. I, I really feel that okay. way. He's my MVP, <laughs> and I think he's going to show it tomorrow against the Detroit Lions. Give me the Titans. Remember before the I, Titans. Don't forget the Titans. Before I go to Sean, before Sean makes his pick, this is going to be something for you that you like here. Titans, 35.3 points per game since week 11. That's the most in the NFL. That's why they're a top five offense. Sean, you say that. Titans win, baby. Titans win. We have to. Tighten Thank you. Titans win. We have to keep ahead. I was just about to say Short that. Short and sweet. <laughs> Short and sweet. Give me the Titans at home. A very interesting game. Battle of six and seven teams. A NFC North rivalry game. The Chicago Bears travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Will Mitchell Trubisky, he's been playing well. Who do you got, pal? Bears at Vikings. Vikings offense has been ranked top 10 in the league. They're ranked number seventh overall. Their defense, though, on the other hand, 22nd. They got rid of a couple of guys at the trading deadline. However, they did turn their season around after starting off cold. Uh, this is so tough, isn't it? And both teams are playing for their playoff lives at this point in time. Uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings here. Give me the Vikings. It's going to be a very close game up at the bank in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, give me the give me the Vikings. Short As good as the Bears defense is, it's been fairly inconsistent. And I just think that Dalvin Cook, I mean, you talk about another bad man. Dalvin Cook has been feasting all season. The last time they played the Bears, 
He had 96 yards on the ground. I don't think he stops that trend uh, tomorrow or Sunday. And I think the Vikings come away with it. Captain Kirk's been looking pretty decent with his weapons that he's had too. Yeah. Um, normally I was one of those guys that I definitely criticize Kirk Cousins a lot. But um, I've seen a very efficient Kirk Cousins the last couple of weeks. You know, he won that Monday night game, that that Monday night demon, that spirit that he couldn't get over. He broke that curse yesterday against the Buccaneers. I thought I thought he was going to fold like a cheap tent. The brother, you know, if his field goal kicker knew how to make the kicks, they would have won that game. I'm actually going to take the Vikings in this game. I think Kirk Cousins, you know, he's going to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, play action. Obviously, that's what they do well, won the football with Dalvin Cook, and I think Cook is going to continue to cook. Guys, I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to go with the Bears. I think Mitchell Trubisky is playing for his life right now in terms of being a starter for that team. They've won. They should have beat uh, Detroit uh, two weeks in a row, and they blew out. Uh, Houston, I think the Bears are going to get it done on the road. Give me the Bears. Guys, a battle of first-place teams as Seattle comes all the way east to Washington to take on the football team. Will, battle of first-place teams, who you got? Seahawks at football team. Top five defense here with Washington, and I believe if I was reading this right over here, which I am, Washington has won seven of the last eight games versus Seattle. That's a hot trend right there. Let's keep that trend going. I like Washington at home. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Washington too, honestly. I think the way the Giants took care of business in pressuring Russell Wilson, who is that only X factor on the team, you know, if you're looking at unity overall, like DK is obviously a beast, but Russ is what makes that team complete, especially that their defense has been horrible this season. I think they keep him in check. And given the status of Alex Smith, that's up in the air still. I still think they get it done just on the premise that they keep Russell Wilson in check and keep it close. When Seattle lost to the Rams, I remember, Kenny C, we debated who was going to continue to win that division after that game. And I stuck with the Seahawks because I looked at their schedule and I saw one of the teams I saw was Washington. I was like... Man, they're going to run through that schedule. But obviously, Washington is not that same team that it was then. Washington, their defense is, is good. Their defensive line, they can pressure the quarterback. And Alex Smith only lost one game. He has, he has been balling as of late. They beat the Steelers. They handed the Steelers their first loss. They won last week. I think they keep that trend rolling this week against the Seahawks. Give me the Washington football team. Ah, Washington go. football. There we go. Good stuff, buddy. <laughs> I'm unsure if Alex Smith is going to play, but if but even if he does, he won't be 100%. For that reason, Seattle, they're very up and down on the road. They'll play well, then they'll play bad. They'll play well, then they'll play bad. But I'm going to take uh, Seattle. I think they're trying to hold off said Rams to win the NFC West. So I think Seattle gets it done on the road. Moving on to another very interesting game. The Patriots, still not out of the playoff hunt, but, they're, but their lives are dying by the week. They travel to South Beach. Pretty good time to be in uh, South Beach, guys, as they take oh, yeah. on the Miami Dolphins. Will Patriots at Dolphins, who you got? Rookie quarterbacks are 7-21 and 21 against Bill Belichick teams. However, with everything going on, okay, you know, Patriots offense, 24th. 
Cam Newton, you get pressure in his face, he's a turnover machine. He's not the same guy that he once was back in 2015 where he won MVP and made it to the Super Bowl. However, their defense is a top 10 unit. The Dolphins, you know, as well as their record speaks right now, uh, you got to believe in them somewhat. You know, although their defense is an 18th ranked unit and their offense is 27th, that's not good. I'm thinking that this is going to be an upset special here. Give me the Patriots on the road. Wow. Uh, I think that defense for how they handled Patty Mahomes early, although they sort of fell apart, you know, also due to the fact that their offense couldn't keep up. I think that, you know, they take care of business against Cam Newton and they neutralize Cam and Tua and his offense gets it done. I'm taking the Finns, especially because the Ravens are right behind them. And I know Miami wants to make the playoffs for sure. So. Yeah, I agree with Kenny C here. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins, I know, is going to create pressure and create havoc at the line for Cam Newton. And you said it, man. He doesn't look the same. Now, granted, I don't think he's in the best situation because who is he throwing the football to? But obviously, if you watch from the eye test, you know he doesn't have that juice on his passes. You know, the way how his form is looking is not looking great. So, look, I think the Dolphins is, is going to try to make a statement here. They lost a game that was close against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're going to edge this one out. I think it's going to be a close game, though, but I got the Dolphins winning this game. It's tough because, Will, like you said, of that stat, 7-21. and 21. To me, the Patriots are desperate, but I, I'm, I'm going to pick them to win. Remember, they played uh, Thursday night, so they've had extra time to prepare for this game. And whenever you give Bill Belichick extra time, the guy always – brings it. So give me the Patriots to keep their playoff hopes very slim, but keep them going with a win. Guys, I think this one is short and sweet. We should, <laughs> I think we shouldn't take too much time on this one. The Jaguars travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Well, Jags at Ravens. Who you got, Val? Go Ravens. Just go Ravens. Short and sweet Ravens. <laughs> Ravens, Lamar Action Jackson. Yeah, yeah, short, short and sweet. <laughs> Give me the Ravens there as well. This one may be short and sweet too. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers travel to Atlanta to take on the Birds and the Falcons. Will Bucks at Falcons? Who you, who you got, pal? Let's go short and sweet here, Buccaneers. Yeah, Buccaneers. I think they take care of business with ease. Uh, I'm a Tom Brady guy. Everybody know that. That's the goat. But um, I'm going I'm to I'm take the Buccaneers. The only thing I would say is that Ryan Suckup, which is their kicker, their field goal kicker, has some COVID issues. He might not even play. I don't even think he's playing. So if it's a closed game, you're missing your field goal kicker, it could be some suspense. Guess what, man? I still think Buccaneers is going to win this game. Sean? I'm definitely going to go with the Bucs here. Sorry, had on um, a mute. I'm definitely going to go in to keep it short and sweet. Buccaneers on on the road here as well. Guys, uh, moving on, a very interesting games, a very interesting game. San Fran travels to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are not out of the NFC East race. They are not. This game was actually flexed out of the sunny night slot for the Browns and the Giants. That's, I mean... 
well, well, I mean, yeah. Well, the 49ers at Cowboys, who you got? You know what? I'm going to go with the 49ers here. Top five defense in the league right now for them. Uh, their offense, passing offense, is ranked 13th overall. Even though the Cowboys are ranked ninth overall passing, their total defense is 23rd. I'm going to go with the 49ers here after what happened to them against the football team. So give me the 49ers on the road in Jerry's world. Yeah, the, the Cowboys, they've been so discombobulated the entire season. I see the Niners having a bounce back game, and I see them taking care of business against the Cowboys, plain and simple. I'm actually going to take the Cowboys here, you know. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys here. Look, even though they lost to the Ravens, man, that offense was moving down the football field, you know. They missed a couple of field goal kicks. Um, Andy Dalton, he's still an experienced veteran. Um, even though he didn't look, he hasn't looked consistent through the season. The 49ers, you know, I'm still not high on their quarterback. I know the defense is starting to get healthy again. But I like the Cowboys at home, and they know that they're still in the race. So I expect them to play with a pace. Give me the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take the uh, the Cowboys short and sweet, uh, sweet their guys. I think Zeke is going to find some room to run. Give me the Cowboys at home. Moving on, guys, to another very interesting game. Philly not out of the NFC East race against the Cardinals, who's that third team in the West. That was a big one they had uh, last week. Well, Battle of the Birds, Eagles at the Cardinals. Who you? It's the Battle of the Boomer Sooners. Hurts. And, of course, Kyler Murray. That too, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I'm, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. At home, I think they find a way to keep their season upright. And for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, I think it's going to come down to a costly interception or two uh, down the stretch here. So, Give me the Cardinals at home. Man, it's tough given how well that Eagles defense played in their last game and how well Hurts was in terms of utilizing his feet. This is a battle of the mobile quarterbacks, but I just think Lamar has – I mean, excuse me, Lamar, another mobile quarterback. I think Kyler Murray has the edge in this one. He's definitely had obviously much more games in hand than Hurts in terms of experience, and he's looked great. So I think him and D-Hop have a field day and take care of business. Both teams have a lot to play for in this game. The Eagles are still in play for the NFC East. The Cardinals still want to make the playoffs. So I expect a, a good game. And I feel like we're going to have um, a lot of questions answered about Jalen Hurts in this game in particular because they know they're going to have to score with the Cardinals. Otherwise, it's going to expose a lot. So I think it's going to be a, a close game. But I'm going to take the Cardinals here at home. I just think Kyler Murray, you know, he's going to ball out. You, you, you know, he's a great one of the football. He's a good passer to football. He's very accurate. He's been inconsistent. The team has been inconsistent at times throughout the year, but I expect him to rebound at home. I'm taking the Cardinals, guys, for one reason and one reason. The Andre Hopkins is on my fantasy team, and I need <laughs> him to go off for me. So give me the Cardinals at home. Guys, we're going to keep this one short and sweet, <laughs> unless, unless, Will, is this the week, Will? Is this the week the Jets travel back west again to take on the Rams and Ramsey and Donald and Goff? Will, is this the week, Jets and Rams? Who you got? <laughs> no way. No way. Rams. Rams. 
in a blowout. I think the Rams scored 50 points against this Jets team. And oh, Jets my God. That's how I feel about this team right now. Rams 50-6 to six win. All I got to say is, you know, the, the night before, Will, I hope you say your prayers for Donald because I know you like him. But I like Aaron, I love him. Aaron Donald is going to have a field day against that offense. Oh, line. yes, he is. And, and they're going to beat the Rams with ease. I mean, the and, with ease. And, of and, course, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, lockdown. Aaron Donald going to make that brother wish. Um, he stayed another year at USC talking about Sam Donald here, man. <laughs> but um, it's funny that you say Jalen Ramsey. You know, it just came to my head. Ramsey, Rams. That's just the perfect fit, you know. Ramsey, Rams. Well, um, look, I think the Rams, no brainer here, man. Give me the Rams. I don't even think I got to dive too deep into this, man. It's self-explanatory. Short and sweet. Give me the Rams to, I think the second stringers will be in uh, second half. Give me the Rams here. Guys, the game of the week, the game of the week, been feeling to pick this game. Kansas City Chiefs, big road win against the Dolphins last week. Traveled to the Big Easy to take on the Saints. Guys, starting to hear some reports that Drew Brees may play in this game. I hope he does. Oh, well, yeah. game of the week, uh, Chiefs at Saints. Who you got, pal? Saints. Give me the Saints. I think that last week against the Dolphins, the Chiefs basically had some flaws. And, you know, as much as everybody likes Patrick Mahomes, the guy just – there's something about him, bro, where he just can go off. He throws off his back foot. And I think if Sean Payton being the coach that he is, if he can make adjustments like that and find a way to make him throw off his back foot or make him throw, make one of those bad plays, it's going to be a close game. But I like Saints here at home. And, you know, they find a way to go out there and make it tough on Patrick Mahomes. Oh, man, this one is tough. I think Drew Brees, if, he, if he's back, I think they definitely have a good shot to beat the Chiefs. But I don't know, man. The way the way the Saints defense played in their last week against Jalen Hurts, the rookie in that offense, even though they are a top top three unit, maybe best in the league, I don't know. I I, I just think Patrick Mahomes, he's playing for MVP right now, and I think he's going to continue that trend. Given that he had a poor outing in the first half against the Dolphins, I think he has a really good game. I think it's going to be close, but I have the Chiefs coming out on top. I like the Saints here at home to get the upset. I just think the Chiefs, when I look at the Chiefs, the last couple of weeks, they've been playing with fire. You know, they, they won a close game against the Raiders. They had the ball last. You know, they won a close game against Denver. Denver could have put that game away. Um, they won a close game last um, the, week after, uh, the week after that game against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are starting to come back in that game. They won a close game last week when they didn't have half the roster on the Dolphins, I just think they're playing with fire. And you know, if you continue to play with fire, you will get burned. I think they will get burned on Sunday. I like the Saints with that defense, um, that suffocating defensive line to attack Patrick Mahomes. Leal, I agree that they have been playing very close games, but I'm going to look at it from the flip side. I don't think they're playing with uh, fi um, uh, bro. I think good teams find a way to win games. And I think they've, and I think whether it's been on the offensive side or the defensive side, the last four or five weeks, they found a way to win games. In terms of this game, Patrick Mahomes in a dome with no noise from any crowd. That sounds like 400 yards 
if you ask me. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win a very close game on the road. Sunday night game, guys, battle of second-place teams. Cleveland travels to the Giants to take on the Giants. Will, Browns at Giants, who do you have, sir? Let's keep this one short and sweet here, shall we? Browns. Yeah. Um, yeah, the way Jones played with those turnovers, you can't have that, and especially against the Browns team. With that offense, they're going to they're gonna keep it rolling. Dog pound all the way. I'm going with the Giants. I'm going with wow. the Giants. I think that yeah. game against the Ravens took a little air out of the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns saw that they feel themselves after they dropped 40 points against the Titans. And then, you know, they were feeling themselves last week. They played well. Don't get me wrong. But I think the Ravens took some of the life out of the Cleveland Browns. I think they're going to come back to earth in the Meadowlands. And I you remember the Giants played a lot of games. A lot of teams, they, they played close and they should have won. The Buccaneers, I remember that game. They came in the game, the wealth um, favorite to win that game, and they was a two-point conversion away from winning that game. I think the Giants' defense is going to pressure Baker Mayfield. I think they're going to try to stop the run. And when you have Baker Mayfield sitting in that pocket, I know he showed me signs last week, but I need to see more from him. I think they're going to cause havoc at the line for Baker Mayfield. I like the Giants because of that defense. Bradbury not playing scares me because I think Jarvis – Andrew, I think he's going to have a big, big day. Leo, I agree with you. I think the Browns are going to have a letdown, but but I think it won't be that bad, and I think they'll squeak out like a 24-21 win, 27-24 win. So give me the Browns on the road. And fellas, last but not least, I think we're going to keep this one short and sweet. I need this because I have Big Ben in fantasy and the Steelers' defense and fantasy as well. The Steelers travel Monday night. Why is this the Monday night game? I have no, no clue. But anyway, the Steelers at the 2-10-1 Cincinnati Bengals. Well, to close our picks, who you have, Bell? Pittsburgh has won 10 straight games versus Cincinnati. Make it 11, short and sweet here. Pittsburgh, and they try, they're trying to bounce back after losing two in a row. No way they lose three in a row to Cincinnati. Pittsburgh. On yeah. No Burrow, no competition. Steelers defense is going to take care of business. Yeah, I think this is the perfect game for the Steelers because they lost the last two straight games. They haven't looked great. And why, why not use this game against your rival as a motivation for you to get your ass back on track? And I think that's what they're going to do. I'll I I take the Steelers in this game. I think the Steelers will use the game to get back on track, but I also think they're going to see the Browns wins uh, Sunday night, and I think they're going to see that the Browns, if they do win, they'll be one game back of them, and the two teams play week 17. So I think the Steelers don't want any parts of that. Give me the Steelers on the road. So, well, that closes out picks for week 15, which starts in four minutes, Will. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll, we'll definitely see what happens there. Gentlemen, you know, this is going to wrap it up here for our show here with you guys. A great collaboration. Like always, been looking forward to this one for sure, most definitely. Uh, guys, do you have any final thoughts here on this episode? Yeah, Start I mean, thank you for – Thank you for having us on the show. We appreciate it, man. And um, we definitely look for that contact list that you mentioned, Sean. Definitely. You definitely always welcome back on our platform. Just hit us up any day. Same here. Definitely looking forward to it. Same here. We had a great time. 
any right. day, any time. I want to thank you guys both. I really appreciate the opportunity. And it was a fun one, too. I think we really we got some good chemistry going on. So I definitely look forward to working with you guys in the future. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun time working with you guys, for sure. You guys have a great, great platform over there. Before we go, though, before we go, how do the people follow Real Real TV and in the, uh, huddle. in the huddle? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Kenny. And sorry for messing up your name earlier at the <laughs> beginning of the podcast, but how do people follow in the huddle uh, Real Real TV and how do people follow you guys on social media? Um, on Instagram, you can follow us at In the Huddle Sports Radio. Um, and that's where you would get a lot of clips and stuff from our content, from our daily episodes that we record. And um, obviously, Real TV, Real Lil TV on YouTube is where you can catch, you know, full visual clips. Now we're on Apple and Spotify. So if you want to hear the audio, um, In the Huddle Sports Radio on Spotify and Apple as well. So you got options. Yeah, and you can hit me up um, on my radio account as well, Kenny C underscore radio. And like Leo said, In the Huddle Sports Radio, give it a follow. Absolutely, guys. Shout out to you guys. What's up? Definitely. Will, real, real fast. Kenny. Mm-hmm. Final, final take, pal. I love that banner of the team that you got in the background. <laughs> Me and Will are uh, uh, the Thunder fans with um Bowen. You know, I love it. Let's make history. Will, Will got the whole Hell yeah. set up set up in the background, <laughs> looking real good. But I gotta finish with my man Leo. Leo, can you do me a big favor and raise up your shirt to show the Brooklyn? Because I know my man's representing <laughs> the 718. I'm born and raised there, pal. I live in Queens now. It's born. It's whack. But I will always be a Brooklyn 718. So shout out to the both of you guys. Great show. Brooklyn represent. Brooklyn represent. <laughs> and guys, keep up the great work. And like Will said, reach out to him, me, or him and me anytime, pal. Appreciate Thank you, guys. I'm going to give you a follow. I'm going to give you a follow. I'm Sean on Instagram. Gonna Copy, bro. So am I. Copy, bro. All right, guys. Thank right, you. I appreciate you guys, man. Respect. Guys, thank you again. Really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you guys are welcome back on any time. And like I said before, at the beginning of, the, uh, of this episode, if you guys need any questions, that if you guys have any questions, we'll give you the best answers that we possibly can. And we'll definitely help you guys out with your – with your content and stuff. So you guys definitely have a bright future in front of you for sure. So much appreciated. Same, same. Yep. Thank you. No problem. Absolutely. All right, guys, for everybody here from the on the board sports podcast for Kenny Connolly and Jaleel Lewis of in the huddle sports radio and of real Leal TV for my wonderful co-host, Sean Thomas, AKA Shawnee on the mic. I am your host, William Trucci, logging out. We will talk to you guys soon. Peace out and stay safe out there. And most importantly, God bless all of you listening at home. Peace out.